Hello, welcome to Thoughts on Thoughts, a podcast where you, our listeners, can become part of a conversation with us. We are three therapists who are going to talk about the good, the hard, and all the in-betweens of life. Come join us. So, here we are again. Feels like it's been a minute that we have all recorded together. But, we're your hosts from Thoughts on Thoughts. I am KJ. And I'm Taylor. And I'm Jessica. And today we are talking about anxiety, which we've actually had a lot of requests to do. So, this episode we're going to give a general overview of what anxiety is, how it can present. This would be a good episode to maybe share with a friend or your parent or somebody that you want to just have a better understanding of what anxiety can feel like and look like, or just get a better understanding if maybe you yourself are suffering from anxiety. So let's dive in. Okay, so let's talk about just the basics. What is anxiety? Anxiety is one of the most common mental disorders that we, or at least that I, I don't know about you guys, but I see a ton of anxiety. Yeah, it's usually, definitely my number one yeah, in therapy. Yeah, it's definitely comorbid a lot of the times with depression. So a lot mm-hmm. of times when we treat people, they'll come in with a, a diagnosis of depression and anxiety. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So anxiety is really, really common because we see anxiety disorders, but then anxiety is typically a really prominent feature in multiple mental health conditions. So you'll see it a ton, or at least we do. And studies have shown that at least one third of people have had anxiety at some point in their lives. And anxiety is basically a feeling of fear or distress, if we're just to break it down in like super simple terms. It's very, so it's normal, it's like a normal response when your body is faced with severe stress or danger. It's normal to have that response of anxiety. However, we categorize it as a disorder if it's all the time or if it interferes with your life. So that's basically just saying Anxiety is a very normal emotion to have. However, if you're having it every day or you're having it so often that it's making it hard for you to go to work, take care of your kids, uh, operate in school, have relationships, then that's kind of when we take it, just like all the other conditions, when we take it from an emotional response to something that's considered a condition that you can receive some treatment for. Yeah, I have an example. Yes, that will clear this up, right? So one time I was babysitting my little brother at my parents' house while they were out of town. And I woke up to the fire alarms going off and I was in the basement and my brother was sleeping two floors above me upstairs. And I was like, I kind of think I smell smoke. So I like freaked out, right? And I like get dressed, run upstairs. All the fire alarms in the whole house are going off. As I go up the stairs, it smells like smoke. And I'm like, oh my gosh, there's a real fire. I come up the stairs, I turn the corner, and my parents' room is clearly on fire. Like, it looked like, if you've ridden the Pirates of the Caribbean ride, it looked like that (laughs) scene where everything is, like, flickering and stuff. And I was like, oh, that ride is actually pretty accurate. I thought it wasn't. (laughs) So I run in. 
my parents had a side table and they had a portable battery that had exploded. So there were like a few little fires on the ground and then a big fire on the table. So I freaked out. I'm like yelling, fire, 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 right? So my brother comes in, he puts it out with a fire extinguisher. Everything is great. Through that whole experience, I had a ton of anxiety, right? But that anxiety made sense because I was in an unsafe situation. Mm-hmm. Following that, for the next few weeks, I had a an air humidifier that had an orange light on it. And so I would wake up in the middle of the night and I would be like, oh my gosh, our house is on fire. And I would freak out and have a ton of anxiety Mm -hmm. until I could like remind myself. And I would usually get out of bed, walk around and make sure nothing was on fire. So Mm -hmm. at that point it became a problem. It was not helping me. It was not in response to a dangerous situation. It was just anxiety for no reason. And so that I obviously took care of it by covering up the light with a piece of tape and then I was fine. <laughs> and so it works. I but love there's that. That, that was like right? a, such a nice little solution know, right there. Know, it, right? So it was happy. easy for me. But if I like couldn't just cover that up and it kept coming, then it would probably turn into a disorder and I would need help, you know? Yeah. So that's like the difference. One time there's a real fire and you need your anxiety to help you be smart and put the fire out. And then the other times we have anxiety, there's no fire and we're just freaking out for no reason. And we don't have to live with that feeling in that case. Mm -hmm. That's the anxiety that you can work through with therapy, anti-anxiety meds, whatever. We're going to get into that later. So. I love what you just said, Reese. You don't have to live with that feeling because I know a lot of people have so much anxiety and they just, after a while, just start to believe that that's just what they're going to have to live with for the rest of their lives. But it is what it is, but that's not true. Yeah. Yeah. Therapy and medications, man, the good stuff. Mm -hmm. So, so, um, anxiety can also, it can, everybody's different. So it can manifest in different ways and it can have different patterns, which is like, you know, very specific, I know. So if your anxiety is present all the time across the board with many different triggers or, or like topics, say I feel anxiety about finances and I also feel anxiety about my health and I feel anxiety about this and this and this, that's considered generalized anxiety. And then, and it's not a panic attack. And a panic attack is actually when you have intense moments or bouts of anxiety and it comes on really, really fast, typically without a trigger or a, sometimes a difficult to define trigger. So there's in generalized anxiety, panic attacks, and then there's phobias. And phobia is like a specific fearful situation that can lead to your anxiety. So for example, a phobia could be like, um, give me an example, guys. There's like a billion. Planes. Planes, exactly. Flying. So flying, yeah. So if you have a phobia of flying, that would be a very fearful situation that would then lead to an increased amount of anxiety. So those are kind of the three big categories. And um, anxiety can, and KJ mentioned this, the comorbidity, anxiety can be an element in other mental health disorders. So you find a lot of anxiety and PTSD and obsessive compulsive disorder. And those with depression can experience times of anxiety. And if you do have anxiety and you're suffering from it long term, it can lead to depression. So that's, they kind of all can mix together a little bit. 
And then causes of anxiety. And I know that this is another one of those things, but it's like, just like any other mental disorder, it's hard to find one particular cause of anxiety. It's hard to distinguish. Some things that can cause or have been linked to it are family history. Your upbringing can play a part in anxiety. Research has shown that there can be a genetic element. Um Life experiences can provoke or may lead to the onset of anxiety. So if you have a really, really traumatic event, that can be your onset. And you can experience anxiety after that. And then so we'll notice people have a traumatic life experience. They'll have an onset of anxiety. And then afterwards, other anxious episodes can follow, maybe having to do with different topics, not necessarily that one experience that they experienced. And so that's what's kind of tough about anxiety is it can kind of take on a mind of its own, like it kind of moves and flows through things. Yeah, it's yeah, it's definitely like something triggers it and then it becomes this like a level five and then you just have level five anxiety about a lot of different things. Mm-hmm. But really the ultimate cause of anxiety is that the world is hard and there's scary things out there. Yes. <laughs> so unfortunately we need anxiety to keep us safe, but we don't need as much anxiety as we needed back when we were like cavemen, you know. Yeah. So, but yeah. snakes still exist. So be careful, people. Yeah. <laughs> Don't go tromping around. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, but that's such a good point that Jessica made. I like, or lately, I was um, seeing my therapist, and I was having some psychosomatic symptoms. And she was. T- we were talking about hey, Taylor. Oh, what does oh, psychosomatic mean? Thank you that's for a asking. Big word. Yeah, I you know. I learned it in school. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, so basically psychosomatic is a, or it's kind of like a symptom that manifests itself in your body, but usually has a psychological origin. So for me, it was, um, I felt I had nerve pain. Um, and after doing a neuro exam and all that stuff, I established that it wasn't a general medical condition or anything like that. Nothing was wrong with me neurologically, but I felt burning all over my body. And so I went in and I talked to my therapist and I was like, oh, hey, oh, this is crazy. And I'd never really had a really big psychosomatic response. And when I talked to her about it, we discussed how something really tiny, like a tiny seed can happen in your body. And then my anxiety took that seed and then it grew and created a life of its own. So my body could have been having very, very minor, subtle, maybe even not even noticeable nerve pain. But then my anxiety took it and it kind of took on a life of its own. And I had anxiety, I had anxious thoughts and then the, the symptoms grew within me. So the cool thing about recognizing that something psychosomatic or born out of anxiety is that you can help yourself. And so that's what I did with yes. the help of my therapist, which was really, really helpful. But yeah, um, and other causes of anxiety, obviously, if you're on drugs or stimulants, it can make you more anxious than you would normally be. So that's where a lot of, yeah, a lot of people will be like, oh yeah, when I drink, I'm more anxious. And I'm like, well, that's really good to be aware of, you yeah. know, let's monitor that let's then. Let's make you a know? note of that. Yeah. Yeah. Sure. Because that is not something you want to be messing with. That's yeah. for sure. Yeah. Because like Taylor said, a small seed can grow. And so you can't, you can't be like, well, I had this, st- you know, I took a lot of caffeine. I took a lot of, ca- I drank a lot of caffeine and so then I felt more anxious because I was really jittery and whatnot. But anxiety can start to grow out of that because you start having these thoughts. And then the thoughts are like, 
what if these thoughts are true? And then you kind of keep going with it. So you do want to be careful what you put into your body, obviously, because you don't want to be having those adverse reactions and have those reactions become a little more permanent. Yeah, exactly. To piggyback off of what Taylor was talking about with psychosomatic symptoms. So I was diagnosed with asthma in college, which was kind of interesting. And I think for a long time, I actually confused asthma attacks with panic attacks. I was reflecting on that this week that, and I was thinking about all the situations that I had a quote unquote asthma attack in. And I really think they were panic attacks, but I didn't know enough about anxiety at the time to recognize that I was being anxious and that I was having these like bouts of anxiety because all the situations that I had these panic attacks in were situations where I was in a crowded place or I was in a situation where I was nervous or scared. Like I had one in a hostel uh, where I was that makes sense. sleeping <laughs> in a room with a bunch of strangers that I didn't know. And we were all going to sleep, but I had this, what I thought was an asthma attack happen where I felt like I was breathing through a straw. And I had to like calm myself down and I had these, you know, panic attacks a couple of times in mosh pits and then like on trains, like subways, where I was just like crowded into this closed environment with tons of people. Mm -hmm. And so it would make sense for me to be having panic attacks in those situations as opposed to an asthma attack, which I was diagnosed with sports-induced asthma, which would mean that if I had an asthma attack, it would be more likely to happen when I was doing something really active, like Mm -hmm. I was running or hiking. And so I think it's just important to recognize that mental stuff is very connected with our physical bodies. And so if you can recognize how all of those things are connected, it really just helps you understand yourself better. Mm -hmm. So if I'm like, oh, I don't really want to have a panic attack, I can work through my anxiety surrounding some of those situations if I'm going to voluntarily put myself in those into a mosh pit again. or something yeah 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 if you need to be in that situation yeah right. yeah. yeah mandatory yeah, i talk about that with my clients like you can especially with anxiety you can avoid a trigger or you can learn to work through a trigger either way will work but you have to kind of decide like okay am i going to cut this thing out of my life or am i going to learn to work through it right mm-hmm. and that's how it works but anxiety is Just remember this. It is so tied to your body more than anything else. There's rarely anxiety that does not manifest physically in some way. Mm -hmm. Stomach issues. A lot of times our anxiety is so connected to our stomachs, to like that tense feeling throughout our body. Or that tightness in our chest. Yep. Yep. And so if you are having regular physical problems like breathing problems or stomach problems, dig a little deeper and see if there's anything else there. If there's not great, move on. But if there is get help for it. Cause like Taylor talked about with hers, it does get better with therapy, mm-hmm. changing your thoughts, doing all that stuff. Your body's really cool. Cause it can tell it gives you like, it gives you like warning signs. So like now after being in therapy, I'll be laying in bed every once in a while and I'll feel my arm kind of feel like it's burning. 
And so I'm like, oh, and then I think about it and I say, what is my body trying to tell me? Like my body's trying to tell me something. And then I think about, have I done all my dailies? Have I, you know, talked myself through that trigger? Like what's going on? And then I can go kind of down in there instead of going to my body's on fire. There's something wrong with my nerves. I'm pro- There's probably a tumor in my brain. Like probably, you know. So instead of going to that place, I focus on what it's trying to tell me and then I explore that instead. And I think it's important for people who maybe have never experienced a panic attack to kind of know what that can feel like for somebody Mm -hmm. because that can just help you know how to handle that situation because someone who's experiencing a panic attack, it can literally feel like you're dying. Yes. It can feel so scary. Mm -hmm. And so being able to kind of talk someone down and reassure them that they're okay and that you're there for them can Mm -hmm. really be helpful even to the point of like talking them through some breathing exercises. I think it can depend on your relationship with this person or if they've talked to you about how to help them in that situation. But I think for a lot of people who maybe haven't experienced it, it's just like, well, just calm down. Like you're fine. It's not a big deal. (laughs) Yeah. To somebody who's in it, it can literally feel like a life or death situation. And it's scary to not be able to breathe and to feel like your chest is really tight. So. Well, yeah. And a lot of people that have panic attacks actually end up in the emergency room because the symptoms and the features are or like they connect with a heart attack. attack. People think they're Mm -hmm. having a heart attack and everybody knows or they've heard of how painful a heart attack is. So they're super similar. Yeah. Yeah. Anxiety, panic attacks can manifest with shortness of breath, racing thoughts, Mm -hmm. um, accelerated heart rate. Yes. Uh huh. Um, mine, well, I had a panic attack, um, because there were a lot of caterpillars. See, this will just go to show like literally, what causes panic Wait, attacks? Were they those Anything. little furry caterpillars? They were disgusting. They were called. They're called bagworms. Oh my god! And they were raining from the sky, <gasps> literally. I went and to I Zion's to... National Park one time, and they were everywhere. Yes. yes. Yeah. That's and they crawl they up your legs and, and your tent. Disgusting. Yes. <gasps> yeah. So that's what was happening, and I. It just manifested as uncontrollable sobbing. I could not stop myself from crying. And so I'm like hiking and everyone's just staring at me. But I was a therapist. So I was also like doing some tapping and deep breathing, but just sobbing. <laughs> it was a great. And it was because of caterpillars. Like it was such a joke. But also it was very serious. I mean, just to validate you, those yeah. things freaked me out. They were so disgusting. Yeah, They're I so made low. We left a day early. Because I just yeah. like, I would be standing there and they'd start crawling up my legs or up my chair. And so I gross. was like, I can't do this. <laughs> <laughs> it's such a joke, right? But yeah, there's so many different things. Tingling, mm-hmm. um, mind fog, you know, there's a lot of things that could be a panic attack. So if you're feeling those things and it's very abrupt and all of a sudden, mm-hmm. it's likely a panic attack. Yeah. Some common features of generalized anxiety. Remember that's the general one, just across the board, feeling it a lot. Uh, Wait, is generalizing? Stop it. General- stop it. <laughs> I also learned that word in school, what generalized <laughs> means. Yeah, really. So. took school to learn that word. <laughs> oh, it did. I did. Some of the features of generalized anxiety are if you're worrying most of the time, if you're feeling stressed or irritable, Irritability is a big one that we don't 
typically think about with anxiety, but it can make you really irritable. If you're struggling to concentrate, you can't really keep one line of thought. If you're forgetting things and if you're not having poor sleep, having a difficult time staying asleep, going to sleep, all of those things. The physical sensations that we were talking about before, and Jessica pretty much covered all of these, but it's rapid breathing, faster, strong heartbeats, shaking, sweating, muscle tension or pain, dizziness, feeling faint, indigestion, poor appetite, diarrhea, all of all of the good things, you know, just all those winners. Those are some of the physical I bet you sensations. want anxiety too. I know, right? <laughs> Dish me up a bowl of that. Okay. Some of the features of panic attacks. It can come on suddenly and be very intense. It's an overwhelming sense of fear, uh, feeling that you're losing control. Also, we have the bodily sensations that we just talked about, the ones that were in terms of the generalized anxiety. And then just a couple features of phobias. We've, we've briefly touched on phobias, but it's their, those anxious feelings that come on when you're exposed to that fearful situation, like KJ mentioned with riding on an airplane or fear of flying. And then they're reduced over time. And then avoidance of an angst or like a anxiety provoking situation. So if you find yourself avoiding flying across the country because you're afraid of that situation. Yeah. And what's interesting about phobias is that they can really become cemented. Like the more you avoid flying, the more you're going to avoid flying because you aren't giving yourself a chance to realize that it isn't actually dangerous, Mm -hmm. you know, or if you are afraid of leaving the house to go see people, you need to give yourself a chance to go and realize, oh, I'm okay. I came home tonight. That's Mm -hmm. great. And so phobias can really become entrenched the more you give into them. And so it's important to get help kind of at the beginning so that they don't become really entrenched. Through like exposure therapies, right? Yes. Exposure therapy stimulus. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Or EMDR. Or EMDR. Or just changing your thoughts. Yeah. Yeah. So many things you can do. So nice. There's so many options. And then that brings us to, so what do you need to do to get help? So I always feel like the first step is really good. It's really good just to get a diagnosis and to start there. It's like we've talked about all those other mental health conditions have strong ang- anxious features in them. So it's really good to get a diagnosis of I'm having anxiety or actually, no, I'm having depression and anxiety is a feature of that. Or, you know, I have PTSD and it came from this event and my anxiety started there. So it's just good to get a starting point, figure out where the origin is, and then it can figure it. And then after that, you can figure out how to treat it, or come up with a treatment plan. Uh, psychotherapy approaches usually work the best. So that's like talk therapies. And then medications can also have a great benefit if you discuss it with your doctor and if you both feel like that's the right path for you. And then in terms of the types of therapies that we use to treat anxiety, the most common one, we talked about CBT before, but that's cognitive behavioral therapy. And we use it for anxiety because it's an evidence-based practice, which means that there's a lot of research that shows that it works. And we find that it works a great deal of the time. That's basically changing your thoughts can change your feelings. So you track your thought, you reframe those thoughts, and then as a result, you have more positive emotions after that and less anxiety. Um, any other treatments that we use for anxiety, guys? Something that I have been using has been virtual reality. Mm. 
And like I had a client who was afraid of dogs. And so my clients all live in residential treatment. And so we have therapy dogs and the therapy dog actually lived at the house this girl lives at. And so it was a problem because she just had this, you know, knee jerk reaction to being around the dog, like just instant fear. And so we have a virtual reality headset and I found videos on there that would depict dogs and dogs going right up to the, you know, camera and sniffing around. So she felt like she was actually in the room with these dogs. And over time, like we did it for a few weeks, she was desensitized to dogs and actually got to a point where she could touch the therapy dog or be around it. And just her distress level was at zero or like one. So that is so awesome. And that's cool because it's a virtual reality. So it's an exposure therapy without the fear of actual exposure. So it's like a really good transition step to take towards that like big step of being around a dog. Technology. Awesome. Man, it's taken us places. (laughs) Yep. Gosh, it's amazing. (laughs) Yeah. So there are lots of different therapies that we can use. Uh, We use a lot of like guided imagery. I feel like I use a lot of guided imagery with clients and and anxiety disorders. And it's really cool because we use a lot. It's like guided imagery mixed with mindfulness. So we like really do a lot of grounding and breathing and body awareness through the imagery. And then you create safe places for yourself. You can even explore places of being insecure with that anxious stimulus or that anxious experience. And that, but again, it's all very safe and guided and narrated. And then you can bring yourself back and up to a functional level. So guided imagery is really, really cool. We can also record some guided imageries, just, you know, just release those little snippets so that you guys can have some of those to just listen to here and there, kind of like meditations or things to just have at your disposal. So we will get to work on those. Mm-hmm. And you guys can vote as to whose voice you want to do it. I vote for Taylor. Stop. I also <laughs> vote for Taylor. I vote for Taylor as well. You're going to love it. Yeah. And also, this was just, like we talked about in the beginning, an introduction to anxiety. So, like, features, treatments, and symptoms. But if you guys are interested, please let us know. And we can talk We can talk way more about our treatments to therapy, what we do to treat, how we help people, the different techniques and interventions that we typically advise clients to use so let us know if you're interested in that and our next episode is going to be anxiety in kids so it presents a little differently in children so we will dive into that if you are parenting some anxious children Mm -hmm. so thank you for joining us bye 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 thanks for joining us today We want to create a community of inclusion where we can have conversations about topics that you need help with or have questions about. We want you to have a voice in this process, so please let us know what you want to hear about on future episodes. You can email us at thoughtspod at gmail.com, and if you search ThoughtsPod, you can find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. All original music is composed by Milan Vrijic from Valley of the Bears, and our logos are by Rick Thomas. Thanks for joining us. Bluebirds. Blue bears. Blue bears.
we can record some guided imageries for you guys. So yeah, say that. Okay. (laughs) Sorry, I just interrupted you. You were saying that and I interrupted. I thought we were talking. Okay, go ahead. I'm not going to say anything now. Yeah, I'll sing a little introduction song. Oh my gosh, please. Please do. Welcome to (gasps) our podcast called Thoughts on Thoughts today.